a woman, have you ever felt afraid or have you ever felt anxious because of the many cases of sexual violence or have you ever felt anxious about your mental health? Okay, hello everybody, welcome to LDCO, let's take care ourselves. Welcome back with me, Elsa Anugrah. This time, I will invite you to listen to a very important issue. Sexual violence is suspected to have occurred on campuses in Indonesia. Several well-known universities in the country are also not spared from this kind of case. Recently, the World of Education was shocked by the number of cases of sexual harassment being exposed. The victims ranging from female students to elementary school students. Ironically, victims are often reluctant to report incidents due to shame and fear of public radical. From SBS Indonesian Podcast, I know that there are people who often blame the victim for not being able to take care of themselves or triggering things that are not wearing it so that the victim will choose to remain silent or make peace with the perpetrator rather than having to accept radical from the community. Feeling that his actions have not been punished often makes the perpetrator addicted to doing it. Apart from women, children are also often victims of sexual abuse. Perpetrators take advantage of the nature of children who are easily intimidated to cover up their actions. This is the impact of the wrong culture and perspective in society. Women are taught and required to take care of themselves, but are not taught to defend their rights and demand justice. Children are scared, so they don't do something, which in the end takes away their courage to be creative and even children become afraid of everything. It is the perpetrator who should be punished, not the victim. Minister of Education, Culture, Research, and Technology, Nadi Makarim, ensured that victims of sexual violence who had dropped out of college could return to campus to continue their education. According to Nadim, not only do they continue their education in college, but they get protection and their psychological condition is improved so that the burden is not too heavy to bear. According to Narasi Podcast, Nadim Akarim said that there were millions of cases of sexual violence that occurred in Indonesia universities. Nadim said on the Narasi podcast is however not all students dare to report. For students who dare to report sexual violence on campuses, this is coverage that not everyone has. Even in the survey results in 2020, as many as 77% of lectures surveyed state that sexual violence had occurred in Indonesian campuses. Cases of sexual violence on campus are like an iceberg phenomenon, from unical power relations, lack of support, and a legal umbrella that is not yet comprehensive. Matanajwa talks with one of the survivors of sexual violence at an SDFA campus, 
she told about the sexual harassment she received from a lecturer at her college and how she fought for justice. It doesn't just happen on campus. Cases of sexual violence can happen anywhere. So, we need to realize that the issue of sexual violence is still a frightening specter for women in Indonesia. With various policies that are still confusing, the security and protection of women, especially victims of sexual violence, is still not guaranteed. One of the cases revealed by the Suara Puan podcast is a 16 years old woman named Siti Nurfaiza who experienced domestic violence and sexual violence by her father. For 10 years, she lived alone with her father with all the violence and she also experienced trauma, such as she was afraid to see sharp objects such as knives. In the end, Sexual violence is a foul thing that can happen to anyone, regardless of gender. Sexual violence is not only a problem for women, but for humanity as a whole. Therefore, as human beings in general, we must support non stigmatize victims of sexual harassment. This action is expected to have the community a comfortable and safe place for the victim of sexual harassment to reveal the heinous acts that have happened to them. Therefore, we must be able to give suggestions and recommendations to people. With all the cases that have occurred, it is our responsibility to provide suggestions that need to be done and recommendations so that we can avoid such cases. Discussing about suggesting and recommending, two things have different meanings. Suggestions are very important to convey, especially advice about overcoming sexual violence. Mm, how about recommendations? The recommendation is about the best thing to do or the best act of telling someone that something is good or useful or if someone is suitable for some particular thing, therefore we need to make recommendations to someone to do the best of beneficial from that person. I hope that we can provide suggestions and recommendations that will have an impact on reducing cases of sexual violence. Therefore, we must be able to convey suggestions and recommendations appropriately. I will tell you about to be able to convey suggestions and recommendations properly. Suggesting to someone it should be conveyed politely. We need to know before giving advice we must do first, pay attention. Second, choose the right time and situation. Third, keep the logical reason. Four, stay on topic clearly. These four points must be done before we convey the suggestion. But before that scary incident happens, we must take preventive measures including taking care of our mental health. I'm very interested in the importance of mental health. But first, I want to ask, what do you know about hope? 
Okay, for me, when it comes to hope, hope is the basis to help us keeping moving forward. From the Mental Health Insight Podcast, I know about some of the functions of hope and how to use them to help improve your mental health. Therefore, I get some suggestions and recommendations to maintain of our mental health. First, take control. Hope as the belief. that the future will be better than the present along with the belief that you can have the power to make it happen thinking about what is within your control that could have a positive impact is a good way to fight negative feelings to find the good news often when people face challenging situations they reflect on how they overcome similar challenge before One way to stay optimistic today is to focus on the good news and limit the consumptions of negative news from the media when we are feeling more vulnerable. And this or said, it's okay not to watch television or read the newspaper for a few days to protect our mental health. Third, train to be grateful. From the Mental Health Insight podcast, research shows that regularly practicing kindness and expressing gratitude can increase happiness and foster a sense of optimism. By reminding ourselves that good things still happen even during dark times. For don't blame bad luck. We must always be optimistic because optimistic is a style that people use to understand why good and bad things happen. The podcaster says that a pessimist can learn to be optimistic by rethinking how they react to adversity, especially when they fail. Optimistic only see failure in one area and bone speak. while pessimistic believe that failure is one area of life means failure in all areas and finally waiting for better times are you confused okay for example one can imagine a small social gathering outside with a few close friends or family members as the weather permits and start thinking about the details such as case, location, music, and etc. Okay guys, whatever has happened, let it be an experience. What hasn't happened yet, make it hope. Stay positive and take care of our mental health. If it's not us, who I am with ourselves, who else will? Lastly, Take good care of yourself. From me, Elsa Nugra. Thank you guys.